Welcome to the Eat This, Not That podcast, brought to you by Bob's Red Mill. I'm John Hammond, and this is Megan Murphy. Hi, everyone. And, and Megan, this is going to be a fun one, I think. You know, as we as we wrap up our first full year of the podcast, which is yeah, kind of amazing wild. when I think yeah. about it. And, and thank you to everyone who has has been there from, from day one or halfway through, or if you're just finding us now, thank you for, for downloading us and, and giving a listen. Um, but this show, we wanted to kind of close out the, the first full year of the podcast by almost kind of taking a look forward. And you know, it's that time of year where you start to think about your plans for, for the new year and the, the things you want to do, whether it's eating healthier, you know, feeling better, you know, being a little more uh, explorative in the in the kitchen, cooking a little bit more, finding new foods to try, expanding your horizons, basically. So, what we want to do is is we're going to talk about some of our favorite sources of, of food inspiration, food right? inspiration, Inspir- food, yes, our, exactly. our food inspiration resources. Um, whether it's like you know people, books, TV shows, websites, whatever, whatever it is, and and hopefully it's a fun one for for everyone to listen to, uh, and and maybe discover a new resource that maybe sparks uh, an, an idea or curiosity, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much information out there, especially these days with print, digital, social media. It's almost like info overload. So I think it's really important to have some great, credible sources, your go-tos for inspiration to expand your horizons when it comes to food knowledge and and choices that you make every day. And and you nail that right on the head, too. It's it's literally information overload. Yeah. And look, I'm fortunate to, to work in, a, in a, an environment and on this podcast and with the great team at Eat This, Not That. So we're surrounded by all this information flooding in and trying to make the most of it and really kind of discern what's real, what's not real, uh, what works, what doesn't work, what works for you, what might not work for you. And you know, I actually have a system worked out of feeds. I actually use like a like a RSS reader of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. Called nice. Feedly, and I have different folders set up, and I have like a health and fitness, and I have a food folder, and I just so all this stuff streams into my folders, and I can kind of scan through it quickly. I can go deep into things that I that I want to go deep mm-hmm. in, and I kind of have my my Instagram and stuff like Twitter set up. Like I have a I have a list in Twitter just for like fitness resources or just for food resources, so I can really hone in on those kinds of things. And you know, for me. The you know this is this is a fun one because I really feel like in the last year year and a half I've become a lot more engaged in trying to expand my horizons. Mm-hmm. That's you know, great. Yeah. I kind of you know you live in that space where you get really comfortable where it's like I have this for breakfast, I have this for lunch. These are the snacks that I have in between. This is what I do, and, and you don't kind of break from that because it's it's comforting. And it's easy. And it's routine. And it, as far as you know, it, it works. So so don't rock the boat. And I decided to rock the boat a little bit the last couple Let's of years. rock just, it. You got to yeah. evolve, you Just know? Keep I, it changing. Change. Switch it up. Well, also, I went to, I had a, a physical and I, my doctor, you know, gave me some some health data that told me I really was not in as good of shape as I thought I was. Oh, right? Mr. Triathlete uh, yeah. over here. Well, that's, that's surprising. No, but that's what sparked this, right? Yeah. So that, that led me to that whole path of like, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to put something on a calendar. I'll work towards it like this. This yeah. will, I'll force myself to fix it. And through that process, I discovered some new books. I tried some new things. And now I've, I've kind of come to a place where, you know, I'm, I'm a long way from where I was to years ago and I'm not, you know, not paleo, not keto, I'm not vegetarian. I'm a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. but I kind of put it together in a way that works for me. And a lot of it comes from some of these resources that, I, that we're going to talk about that I'm going to talk about on my side here, you know, because I think that's, you know, we're, we're you know, the whole is the sum of the parts right, in, of in essence, right? And it's like, I, I don't understand people who say like, well, I'm, I'm keto or I'm paleo. It's like, why would yeah, you? Is that your name? Why would you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and like, Put why, yourself in one, one box. Why would you yeah. funnel yourself into one very strict, that yes. never, almost, uh, that almost 
never works. Right. You know, for some people, they need that rigidity, mm-hmm. and, and I understand that, and I can appreciate that. Um, but for, for some, you know, you've got to try a bunch of things because everything doesn't work for everybody. And you've got to kind of find what your formula is. And it's the one that keeps you engaged. It's the one that keeps you curious. It's the one that tastes good, by the way. And makes so, you feel great. So if you're, if you're yeah. eliminating an entire group of food, yeah. whether it's protein <laughs> or carbs or, or yeah. leaves or whatever it is, like, I don't know what enjoyment someone could take from that. So hopefully, you know, we go through this uh, exercise here. Hopefully, if you're listening, something here is is new to you and you check it out and you're like, oh, I never thought about this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this recipe. And, you know, you take this into the new year and, and set, a, set a fun goal and, and explore a little bit, right? Absolutely. So let's, let's get started. What, what, do you, what do you got first? What's, what, what pops to mind? Well, my first food inspiration, I would say, that I can think of, for me, it was um, Alice Waters' book, The Art mm-hmm. of Simple Food. Do you know this one? I don't. So it's, it came out more than 10 years ago. And it's all about how to not only cook great, simple food at home, but also understand the concept of using authentic, honest ingredients that are made with integrity. And I mean, it's pretty basic. It's very fundamental, easy to read, straightforward. But it's really the foundation of what this book is about is how I like to cook and eat. And I remember having that light bulb aha moment after reading it, like, wow, you know, this is so simple, but it makes so much sense. And shortly after that, I started taking cooking classes and I started writing about food and that was really the beginning like mm-hmm. that book had a huge impact on me and I know many others as well see and that's so for me it's 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 a very similar kind of thing and it's a it's a book it's one of the first things that I think about when I think about like my connection you know or what I think about my connection with food and it's the book heat by by Bill Buford and and Bill was a was a writer he's not like a, he wasn't a when he went on this journey uh, he, he wasn't a food person but he, uh, as a writer, took an assignment to go inside a kitchen and, you know, take the lowest rung of the ladder and kind of work his way up. And, and it's this journey of working through uh, these kitchens. He goes to Italy and, like, you know, oh, cooks there and, and, and really at the lowest level. And, and you see, for me, it wasn't just about, like, this is an interesting story. Here's this guy, like, starting at the bottom and kind of trying to, to fight his way up uh, for, the, for the purpose of this book or this, uh, or this writing assignment. But... It gives you this incredible insight into the kind of of passion and effort and work that goes into a kitchen at a at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you know, you th- you don't think about it too much. You you worry about the food that hits your plate. Is it is it cooked right? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Does it taste right? And it it gave me this incredible perspective as to what happens behind the scenes. And it gave me a whole new respect for what happens behind the scenes. And and more importantly, what it takes to get that food on my plate yeah. at that restaurant. A lot like the, more than you think, The effort, right? the, the literal, literal blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. So it just gave me this great appreciation for food. And also, to your point, what you discover on this journey with, with Bill is, is that a lot of these restaurants, like, it's simple. Mm-hmm. As far as the recipes and the ingredients, and they focus on just good quality, simple ingredients, especially when he's in Italy, and and you're just like, oh my god, like here's like they're making this tomato sauce, and it's literally just this stuff, and it's like how you cook it and how you prepare it, and it's the effort that goes into it, and it's delicious. And and another one uh, for me, just because I'm on on books, um, is because it, and it gets to the food chain is uh, Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma. 
which I read a while ago, and it's just such a powerful book. That's a great book, yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, it's not one of those books that people probably think you're going to read it and like, oh, I have to be a vegetarian now. You don't. Like, he, yeah. he has a, it's a very fair and balanced kind of presentation of the food supply. And, you know, it, it will make you think about the meat that is on your plate and where it comes from. But I think the difference today is that there are so many, so many places to find sustainable um, better cared for meat product. And I think that's a big factor that probably didn't exist when, when Omnivore's Dilemma mm-hmm. came out. And, and it's probably a result of the movement that was started back then. But again, just another great insight into knowing where your food comes from, understanding the process of how it gets there, and shifting how you think about the food in your pantry, in your refrigerator, or on your plate at a restaurant. Yeah, that book was a game changer for me yeah. as well. And he has just, and like, at the end, like, the, the advice is so simple. It's like, eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. And mm-hmm. like, that's the secret to like a, a healthy, balanced living. Like, it, it's that, it's that Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Right? Yeah. I mean, you, you're just mentioning, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes look at what it's like to work in a kitchen. Well, two other books that really sparked my curiosity when I was just starting out in food media, more from a restaurant and hospitality perspective, were Anthony Bourdain's Ki- mm-hmm. Kitchen Confidential. And Danny Myers setting the table. Now we're we're talking about two of my all time favorite people in the culinary world, two absolute visionaries, innovators, risk takers in, in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But you know, Kitchen Confidential, obviously, that rocked the culinary world like unbelievably. No one has ever written something like that before. And setting the table, forget about setting the table, Danny Meyer sets the bar, like extremely high, whether you're a restaurateur or business owner. Um, incredible books. So they both have deeply inspired me throughout my career and continue to do so. And I'd even say that those two books somewhat encouraged me to further um, go along in my career path. And so they've just stuck with me. I've read those books maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when right. they came out, maybe even longer, and they've just stuck with me. I've reread them. They're still highly relatable, highly relevant today, and I absolutely recommend them. And if you think about the way, uh, you know, things like the food network have come come along and, mm-hmm. and the way these these chefs like like you know you know the bourdains of the of the world um and and others they become lifestyle yeah. fixtures almost right the chefs it's are like, the new rock stars right, like, exactly absolutely. and it's like they have this this swagger about them and this confidence about them and this persona and this uh, charisma about them mm-hmm. that you wouldn't see otherwise and, and i think it's interesting as that has come into into play now and you, know, you you see how some of them change over the course of the years. And, and, and I, what I like about that is that it forces, if you're really into to that kind of person and they start to shift and change a little bit, it almost forces you to kind of shift and change your perspective along mm-hmm. with it if you're bought, if you're bought into the, to the persona, if you're yep. bought into the lifestyle, which is great. It kind of forces you in that, in that way, which is, which is interesting. You know, which it's funny because that leads me to again, another book for me, um, which as you mentioned, like as I started to get into uh, the triathlon world and, and endurance, and, and using that as, as a vehicle to kind of try and improve my health um, at, at this age, uh, I came across Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, I knew Rich Roll was had like had a podcast, and it's a great podcast, by the way. I'm, I'm, I listen to it all the time, um, but I didn't know the backstory. And, and then I read the book, and, and Rich, you know, similar situation, but but a little more dire, um, was an addict. 
was mm-hmm. a, was an alcoholic, um, had this, this, you know, midlife aha moment where he was climbing up the flight of his stairs and was winded, you know, in, in his own house. He didn't make it. And he realized that he was, he was overweight and he had a problem with alcohol. He had a dependency on alcohol that he had kind of fought back, but not really, not really dealt with. And so he went on this journey where he, he ends up becoming, his wife was, was vegetarian and he just went like, boom, all in, like from zero to 60. Um, he started just eating smoothies and it was like, I'm just going to eat smoothies forever. I'm never going to eat solid food again, which is obviously not the, the way you <laughs> should way go. go. But it, but he goes on this journey where he, he, he goes on this journey that leads him to this plant-based whole food diet that literally changed his life and changed his life in the way he felt changed his life and his health, in his relationship with food and his relationship with his family and friends and kind of, you know, set him off on, on becoming this persona that he is now. Uh, and it's just, it's all very, it's all very authentic to me. And it actually, you know, like, like I said, my, you, you don't read Omnivore's Dilemma and come away thinking I'm going to be a vegetarian for most of us. You, I did that with, with Finding Ultra. I came away and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try going vegetarian mm-hmm. for, for a bit and yeah, see, and you did, and see yeah. what happens. And I did, I did it for a few months this past year and it had a profound effect on, on my energy, uh, my ability to sleep better, my my physiology, like how I looked and felt, like my weight, all those kinds of things. I, meat is back for me, by the way. Um, I didn't. Uh, I, I've back slowly slowly introduced yeah. it back in, and it's. I just I just like it, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it for. Uh, I didn't make the decision because of. Uh, ethical reasons, as many people do, and, and the right to do so. And I greatly appreciate those decisions and, and the values of the people to do that. Um, because I didn't enter it that way, I, although I do think about that a lot more. Yeah, and you're I'm probably way more conscious careful. about the meat that's you right. put into your I'm body very now. aware. Um, but that said, it's still, you know, there's all kinds of conversations that could be had about about meat and its impact on, on the environment, on our health, on our bodies, all those things. And it's a pretty... Uh, strong argument on both sides and it's a very passionate argument on both sides and I appreciate them both but for me again like I said at the top like you got to find what's right for you you got to find your balance but this is one that that you know kind of led me there I think and then a book that I discovered when I was doing the vegetarian um, it's actually one that got sent to the eat this not that office was the vegetarian times plant-powered protein cookbook it's a it's a hardcover uh cookbook and it's brilliant it, it looks gorgeous the recipes are are super easy and delicious and what the reason why i mentioned that book is because the hard part about wrapping your round about eating more uh, vegetarian type meals like you know, going beyond meatless monday and say meatless monday wednesday friday and then maybe you know add one more day a week is you think, well, how, you know, how many ways can I cook vegetables? Like, what right. am I going to do? Are, are they filling enough? Is this really a meal? Yeah. This cookbook will show you. And there are others out there, of course. Um, but this one for me, it just like, it, it drove it home. And they're all protein-packed meals, which fill you up and are delicious. So, you know, if you think you can't do it, like try, try a new cookbook and, and say, okay, two days this week. Yeah, baby steps. Right? Baby so steps. Two days this, this week, two days next week. For, I'm going to do this for the first month of the year. Two nights a week, we're going to eat a vegetarian dinner and try something new. And I dare you uh, to not be wowed by the results. Yeah. I mean, I actually have two books as well that have really helped ignite healthier eating habits and myself, like thinking differently about what I put into my body this year, especially. So the first is Max Lugavere's Brain Food. Yeah. We had Max on an episode a few months ago. Definitely listen 
to that one if you haven't already, but he talks about the direct correlation between brain fog and even some forms of mental illness and the foods that we consume. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And now every day I try, I think about him all the time. I try to at least eat a couple brain foods a day. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just from like my nails are so strong. Right. I used to like have brittle nails, like and not crazy brittle, but like my nails and my hair grow like wildfire now. I mean, forget about even the mental clarity, but it, it makes a difference even just a couple months of eating a little bit differently. And the other book that had a big impact on me this year was Chef Seamus Mullins' Real Food Heals. Mm -hmm. um, very similar to the story you just told about Rich Roll. I mean, Seamus is awesome. I've known him for several years, but he completely transformed his life. He was on the brink of dying, actually, as well. He's incredible. Overweight. I mean, so much stress running New York City restaurant kitchens. Um, you know, he had some painkiller addictions. He almost died. And he kind of had like, wow, I need to do something about this. By changing his overall relationship with food as well as fitness, he is the healthiest he's ever been. And he talks about the importance of eating real wholesome foods and quality versus quantity. And uh, we actually did a feature on Seamus in the fall issue of Eat This, Not That magazine. And his story is incredibly inspiring. Definitely another great book to pick up. And that's you know, and I love that because, like I said, like if you're if if there are these these people or these personas that you, that you that you follow that you have an interest in, and when you see one of them make such a mm -hmm. a, a shift, yep, um, it, it it can be inspiring. Yeah, and absolutely. even if you don't follow them, by the way, if you see the story, I I I, I literally emailed you. I saw I saw his story uh, reported on on CNN. Yeah, just and I was the other like, day. Oh my god! Like we we should talk about this. Like yep. this is this is an amazing because it's just it's so inspiring. And I think that's one of the things is is you know I've 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 definitely built a different relationship with food and I've talked about it through various episodes and I'm, I've just been amazed in the past year how much I've learned the impact that food has on us yeah and I don't and I don't say like honest like from a, from our from our weight or anything like that I just mean everything like every single thing sleep, it affects yep your mind your stress, energy happiness stress, all of all, it. all of these things and you know we try to cover off on a lot of that over over the, all of these episodes whether it's you know foods to beat stress and foods to boost your mood and you know foods to you know increase energy and beat that three o'clock slump and I think that's that's the thing it's like if you open yourself up to just how powerful food can be mm -hmm. and how and and it's as simple as this real food like yes. fruits and vegetables like real meat like not processed like if you focus if you do one thing and that's and that's just focus on eliminating processed food from your diet not all not entirely like it's not possible like i, I eat processed food all the time by the way but it's like i try to follow like a like an like an 85 kind of 15 mm -hmm. rule. 85% really good, really wholesome, whole foods, mostly vegetables if I can. 15% whatever, right? It's the it's the couple drinks, it's a candy bar, it's a big piece of cake, it's ice cream in the summer with the boys. It's all of those things like and maybe look, and that's my that's my ratio. Maybe yeah. for you it's 80/20, maybe it's 70/30. It doesn't matter. Find what it is, but that if it's 70 30 make sure that 70 is really good and i promise you you'll feel the impact it's really incredible you really will and i i used to be definitely eat for cravings what i'm craving mm -hmm. i want salty i want sweet i want this i wasn't always the best eater i mean i grew up italian i love pasta i sure. love pizza I've all all the yummy things in the world were my favorites and i still enjoy them day to day you know once in a while but my body now once i've shifted my body actually craves like i crave 
avocado, salmon, eggs, nutrient-dense foods that are going to keep you full, you know, like a big leafy salad once in a while. And and so when you shift the way you think about food, not just to eat for pleasure, but you, your body is a machine and everything works together. And so if you're eating the way that you're going to be at the top of your game, mentally, physically, I mean, it's amazing how much better you feel. Yeah. And look, that's a great segue uh, for me to talk about someone who has been with us uh, along this entire journey this year. And and we're thankful for that. And look, it really underscores that what you put in your body is so important, which is why we're so thankful uh, that we have a company like Bob's Red Mill, not just to support this podcast, um, but also because they have quality products that we all can stand behind. Yeah. And Look, head to bombsredmill.com, shop and explore their huge range of products, and get inspiration from hundreds of recipes. And this is what we're talking about here. And and I follow Bob's on, on Instagram, too. And it's great because what I like about Bob's, it's not just like, here's our recipe for this, or here's a... They're finding recipes from, like, small bloggers that I otherwise wouldn't find, mm-hmm. and, they're discover- and they're helping me discover them. And then I click through, and the recipes are there, and they're super simple, and they use real ingredients. And some are really fun and delicious, and some are sweets, and some are cakes. And so it's not... you know, it's not all great stuff all the time, but that's the point. The point is if you're using real wholesome ingredients and then that 15% is like a little more of sugar, some sweets, some honey, some cinnamon, whatever it is. Uh, cinnamon's great, by the way. It's not a, that's not a bad thing. But anyway, <laughs> that's what's great. And that's what's great about Bob's Red Mill is that they, they make it possible to eat healthy and cook delicious food. And they're a very purpose-driven company. The employee-owned company has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone ground products for decades. So with Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. So visit bobsredmill.com today. All right. And one more sponsor that we're very thankful to have along this episode uh, because it fits perfectly is Uber Eats. And you use Uber Eats, right? Yeah, Uber I mean, Eats is I great. <laughs> live off Uber Eats. It's probably, I've, I've, I've kind of curtailed it a little bit, um, but it's probably once, twice a week on, on most weeks. Oh, you're, yeah, 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 yeah you're absolutely. Baby, and, but here's why, because it helps me really, number one, it's convenient as all absolutely. get out, like just bring the dinner to my house and it's ready to go. I'm good with that. But it's because you can, you can really explore and try some new restaurants, which is what I really like about it, especially because I live in an area that's really restaurant dense, so I can't get to them all anyway. Mm-hmm. So this kind of helps me with that. And it's great because if you're, if you're a restaurant, you're going to expose yourself to thousands Thousands of people, people who never heard of your restaurant, can find you on Uber Eats. You can share your food with more customers and grow your business by partnering with the world's best delivery network. When you sign up your restaurant with Uber Eats, their speed is the most important factor in helping to get your food to your customers and make them happy. The optimal wait time is one hour. Uber Eats' vast network of partners averages 36 minutes. And I, I don't think right. I've ever waited more than 30, 35 minutes. No, me either. And you can track delivery. it. You and get you to see, see on the map where your car. food's coming. It's so fun. Because yeah. if you need me, I'm going to be staring at my phone screen for the next 35 minutes yeah. waiting for my, my, totally. my meal to arrive. And it's great. From, from new orders um, and how they're progressing to when they're ready for pickup, you'll have real-time order and payment information at your fingertips. You'll also receive private customer feedback to help improve your menu. And it's funny because I always do this when my food comes. I always uh, rate the driver, uh, leave a tip, and rate the, the meals because it's just simple prompts, right? And because it's an app on your phone, it's it's what we all are used to. It's, it's mm-hmm. thumb tapping away. So look, if you're a restaurant and you want to explore what Uber Eats can do for you, 
Uber Eats is dedicated to helping you grow your business while helping you delight your customers at Uber Speed. It's no wonder why it's at the top of the food and drink category in the App Store. Check out all the ways Uber Eats can help you grow your business at ubereats.com slash restaurant. That's ubereats.com slash restaurant. Okay. Now I just mentioned I just mentioned uh, Instagram and uh, and I follow Bob's Red Mill there of course because I just love looking at the, the food and again all the great recipes and I think Instagram has become one of those places that that people go to for inspiration right whether Absolutely. it's it's fitness feeds or uh, crafts it doesn't it doesn't matter it's so visual mm-hmm. and and it's easy to kind of scroll down and dive into something and, and almost go down a rabbit hole and, and you can just, <laughs> yeah you, you can I mean? all of a sudden all an hour like, later you're like exactly, wait <laughs> an hour maybe ninety minutes put the minutes. phone down. <laughs> um, but in, in addition to, to Bob, some of the other ones that I, that I follow, uh, Mind Body Green, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, and I don't think I'm probably not their target audience, but I just, I love it. I think they do a really great job. It feels very authentic and earnest to me. And it's a nice blend of, you know, some fitness stuff, some mindfulness and uh, food and recipes, which is, which is really great. And everything looks great. It's very visual very and, and presented, say, yeah. presented great. Uh, Forks Over Knives, I really like. Again, this is another place where if you're, if you're thinking about eating more uh, vegetables and wondering how, this is a great resource. Um, it's it's based off of the popular documentary, obviously, that will certainly change your perspective on food. Um, but uh, it, I, the feed is great. You, you see these recipes, you click on them, you get, you get you know, it's easy to see the recipe and get it, and they're delicious and easy things to try. Uh, Today Food, which is yes, the Today I, Show food great. channel, which is which is great. They do a wonderful job. I've had the good fortune of actually working with uh, the folks at the Today Show on some food segments when, when with Dave Zenko, our founder, uh, who is on there frequently, and it's a it's a brilliant team. They're wonderful. They work hard. They're very passionate about what they do, and that comes across in their in their Instagram feed. And also, uh, furthermore, which is Equinox's Instagram feed, it's like their content oh, cool. hub. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like this is one of those areas where you know companies and brands are are doing content really, really well. And Equinox is doing an incredible job here because the content is is spot on. And it, again, it's another one of those feeds for me that that's a good balance of the fitness information mm-hmm. and the food information. And they have a great uh, a great thing they do with regularity that is on. Either Sunday nights, uh, they do like a, it's, it's Sunday afternoon, I think they do like a meal prep ahead post. Mm-hmm. And so you see it like in the uh, Instagram stories or in the feed. And if you, you swipe up, you, it gives you the, fi- you the five recipes for the week. And oh, here's how, here's how to plan for the meals. To. Here's what, what to prep here. And they're all super healthy, so helpful, delicious. Yeah. And so again, it's like easy inspiration. Like I don't want to think about what I'm going to eat for dinner on Tuesday. Oh, I don't have to. Somebody has done it for me. All there I got to go. do is, is, you know, go to Peapod and get the food delivered. Yeah. Or Uber Eats or whatever. Or Uber right? Eats, yeah. right? Or just, <laughs> exactly. just cash it in all together. <laughs> you, uh, Instagram is a huge source of inspiration for me, too. I'm pretty active day to day on Instagram. My handle is This Girl Can Eat. You know, find me, follow me, say hello. But yeah, I constantly am getting information, inspiration from, from the gram every single day. From You can get food news, mm-hmm. restaurant openings, diet trends, that's innovative great. products to find. It's a fantastic resource. And I think it's a social media platform that's not going anywhere anywhere. anytime soon so yeah they're all all taking over the world they are (laughs) instagram is for sure and then finally for me um newsletters again i I really like a a tightly curated and and just like my food delivered well yeah it's just in your inbox you don't have to remember to go to a site type in a url i don't want to find and and that's and and that's that's the kind of whole point of why we wanted to talk about this in this episode is that 
inspiration shouldn't be something that's hard to find. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you want to expand your horizons and try something new and different, you have to make it easy. Otherwise, it's the the first hurdle is the hardest one to clear. But once you clear it, then it gets a lot easier. And to me, that's why things like Instagram uh, feeds or or newsletters for me are are great. And I think. F- you know, sh- shout out to the team at Eat This Not That. They do an amazing job with the newsletter. Every day, it's packed full of useful information from the best Instant Pot recipes to the best grocery items to stock up on to the ways that, you know, peanut butter or coffee, like, impact your body. And it's a great mix. They do a wonderful job. The team there is amazing. And whether it's at eatthis.com in the newsletter or on their social feeds, they're they're really committed to, to everything. So, And we're happy to kind of champion that, that work here as well. But you should absolutely sign up for the Eat This Not That newsletter. And then for me also, I like Clean Plate, clean plate. Uh, which is a fun one. And again, just easy, healthy recipes. Uh, a recent one was eight easy, healthy, super tasty Instapot meals, which I've just become obsessed with my with Instapot. Insta- yeah, you are. So <laughs> I'm, this, I'm a sucker for, for a headline yeah. like that. And it was great. Clean Plates is amazing. I actually used to write the restaurant reviews for their guidebooks. They have the city nice. guides. So for a few years, I did uh, their restaurant reviews and I used to w- write for their website as well. So I've known the founder, Jared, and the team like way in the beginning and I, I'm, I've been following clean plates for nice. years. They're That's great. a good one. And again, it's like one of those things that you know is going to be in your inbox and it's a, a quick and easy hit. And look, sometimes you'll just like delete it and that's the easiest button to hit. But sometimes you'll open it up and you'll print something out and you'll you'll give it a shot. And tasting table is another one for me. It's not really like a clean plate. It's like it's focused on the health, but it's, it is focused on like really good, delicious meals. Uh, and it has videos that go along with the recipes, yep. which which is also great. So I love tasting table. I love it's so well written. It's well done. Yep. I know the team over there as well. They're, they're ultimate pros. It's great. So there you have it. Hopefully some of our suggestions are news to you and you'll check them out and maybe spark your own food spiration. I, just, I don't <laughs> know if it. we made that up, but it's probably out there somewhere. It's a meme. Um, or or maybe, look, you'll just go out on your own and, and find one for yourself. And that's that's cool. And that's what I want you to do. Like, that's the whole thing here is, is to expand your horizons. You know, check out a new YouTube channel, buy a new cookbook, follow someone or someplace new on Instagram, whatever it is. Again, clear that first hurdle and be curious yeah new year new food inspirations whatever whatever helps you take that one more step to getting more control of your own food supply and health in the coming year thanks so much for listening and being on this amazing journey with us this year we have really had an amazing time each and every week and look forward to continuing on into the new year with more fun food discoveries and tips from some more guests from chefs to authors to nutritionists who knows maybe even one of them will be the spark that ignites your big food discovery in the new year in the meantime be sure to get all the information and inspiration you need at eatthis.com or by following us on facebook twitter or instagram Make sure you subscribe to our new magazine, obviously, as Megan has has called out. You can get information at eatthis.com. And make sure you subscribe, of course, to this podcast so you get a steady flow of mind-blowing food scoops, tips, and discoveries from me, John Hammond, Megan Murphy, and a bunch of experts and guests that will help you eat this, not that.